God bless. Amen. It's good to be with you guys today here at another episode of Kingdom Concepts. I'm in the studio with Dr. Daryl Rogers, and we've been having a great time, amen, talking about divine connections and, you know, how important it is for you to identify the purpose God has for your life, the plan that God has for your life, amen. And right now, we're getting ready to jump into something that is real close to my heart. And, you know, being a, you know, a pastor for 20-plus years in, in ministry for, for how long have you been in ministry now, Doc? My whole life. His no. whole life. <laughs> You know what, and you, you you develop such a passion and such an appreciation for the house of God yeah, you do. when it comes to ministry. I, I can't think of one without the other. And, you know, because everything good that's happened in my life, man, almost all of it happened in church. I mean, that's where God saved me. That's where God restored my marriage. That's where God healed my mind and my body. That's where God set me free. That's where I received my calling, you know, where it was revealed to me. I mean, I got filled with the Holy Ghost there. It's like everything, you know, that has worth, you know, came through being connected, not just to the house of God, but to the God of the house. Sure. But the local church has such an important purpose and we have an important place in the local church. And uh, as we step into this, this, this topic, you and I, we, we had a lot of things we were talking about before this started. But I, I want to begin by, by placing a scripture in front of uh, our audience today. And so grab your Bible, get a notebook and a pen. Amen. You're going to want to take some notes today. This is going to be really good. And I encourage you, if you didn't see the, the last three episodes that me and Dr. Rogers were able to do together, go back and watch those episodes. They will bless you something very, very good. Amen. But today I want us to begin with uh, Psalms 92. And we're going to read verse 12 and verse uh, 13. Man, actually, man, you know, you start looking at verses and they all look good. Amen. Um, we're going to read through verse 14. Look at this. I'm going to read out the Amplified. It says, The uncompromisingly righteous shall flourish like the palm tree, be long-lived, stately, upright, useful, and fruitful. They shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon, majestic, stable, durable, and incorruptible. Planted in the house of the Lord, they shall flourish in the courts of our God. Growing in grace, they shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be full of sap, spiritual vitality. I like that. Enrich in the uh, enrich in the verdure of trust, love, and contentment. They are living memorials to show that the Lord is upright and faithful to His promises. He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in Him. How important is it for people to be planted? You know, to be connected, to be uh, you know a part, you know, of a local church. Well, the misconception is that with human beings, church human beings, is that we like it when the pastor says what we like, but we don't like it when the pastor says what we don't like. So we can feel called to the church when the pastor says what we like, and then we can feel God calling us someplace else if we don't like what he says. <laughs> but you know what? There's nowhere in the scripture that says that you're a potted plant. Mm, come on. You got to, your roots have got to grow. They've got to go down into the water system, which is the washing of the water of the word. So the only way that can happen is if you make a decision, I am getting planted here. 
and I'm not moving. I'm going to stay here. You know, because people will say this. Well, yeah, but what if God tells you to move? Man, I'm going to tell you, you know, the more that you know God, the less moves you make. Mm -hmm. Because the thing of it is, is that you're committed to God. You're not looking around for some church that's going to line up to your way of thinking. You're going to hook up with the kingdom of God and you're going to serve him. How do you grow unless you face things? Mm -hmm. And how do you grow without a pastor that will help you through the tough uh, situations? Now, you know as well as I do in pastoring that sometimes that you can pour your life into certain people and they will desert you, man. Yeah, it happens. And how does that happen? Because the thing of it is, is that, you know, you've had to raise your children where your children don't leave you. Mm-hmm. But in, in reality, the church is full of people that are a pastor's responsibility, like children, to raise them up. I hear you say this about spiritual parenthood, spiritual fathers and you know, spiritual mothers in the faith and things like that. You know, you even read that scripture, you know, out of the Bible. And the thing of it is, is that who is that to you? Who is that to people? Yeah. Because you don't leave your father just because you don't like what he says. You don't leave your mother just because, you know, she doesn't do what you like her to do. Mm. You stick with them. But in the church world, man, we're like nomads. Mm. You know, we just... We, we flit around and fly and don't need the church. Folks, let me just say this. You need the church. Yes, you do. Because <laughs> you need to grow. And that means that you got to stick in order to grow. Yeah. The, I, the more that I serve God, the more that I realize I'm not making a move unless I not only hear the voice of God, but I'm getting it confirmed. Because the Bible says, in the mouth are two or more witnesses, let every word be established. So, you know what? I believe in that, and I'm not moving an inch. No matter what anybody says, I'm not moving an inch until I know for sure, and it's been confirmed by God, that what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, it's so important, and, you know, especially when it comes to, we've been talking about the the purpose and the plan that God has for your life, and, and pastors are like a spiritual compass that God uses to help people to navigate through life, to accomplish what it is that God, you know, designed and created them, you know, uh, to accomplish the thing that they're created for. And, you know, you said something earlier, and I I want you to say it again. We're talking about purpose being accomplished and how it is accomplished in the field of, how is it you said that? It's in the field of, promotion comes out of the field of another. And so the thing of it is, is how can you get promoted if you can't get in a field? Mm -hmm. And you don't get into a field before the harvest time. Mm -hmm. I mean, in other words, you don't leave before the harvest. Right. So you get planted in there. And my advice is, is that you stick long enough that you're able to go through all of the slings and arrows that the enemy throws at you. Because you're going to get tested because you got you can only grow come on by being tested mm-hmm and, and you know and, and this is the thing is that this is what I find interesting because you know the Bible tells us over in first Kings uh, 17 you know um, verse 3 it talks about how the Lord came to Elijah and the famine was in the land you know there was a drought and he told him he said there's a certain brook right he said that is going to sustain you 
And I think that God has a certain brook for every one of us. But what I find so interesting when it comes to Christian culture is that when it comes to somebody uh, marrying somebody, you know, or dating somebody, man, they will pray the roof off their house, you know, to, you know, they want to know that, God, this is the man that you have for me, or this is the woman you have for me. If it comes to a a job, or if it comes to, you know, uh, having children, or a major decision about a job, or, you know, it's amazing how prayer is so important, especially when it comes to finding a spouse, how folks, man, they they won't make a move unless they've heard from God and they're seeking God aggressively about it. I'm not about a solid Christian. But when it comes to churches, you know, where you attend church, I find it amazing how people have taken the responsibility like it's them shopping for what they want. Instead of having that same passion to say, God, where where do you want me to be? Because when you're in that certain brook, when you're at that place that God has appointed, you're going to find everything that you need in that place. And, and once you're there, you have to drop your roots down. Amen. You have to become a part of the life of that ministry and realize that you're not just there for what you can get out of the ministry, but God puts you there, amen, so that you can add something to that house that was missing, amen, before you came. There might be people that do the same thing as you or have the same kind of skill set or gift set, but nobody can do what God's called you to do like you. And so I think that when it comes to, you know, connecting, you know, to a local church, what I've learned is that it's easy to leave organizations, but it's hard for you to leave a family. And I think that church is a family. And when you find where you belong, it's like there's nothing that can get me away from my family. It's like I, nothing could, nobody can say something to get me to leave my family. Nobody can do anything to keep me from my family. It's like my family's my family. And I think that when it comes to church, uh, especially when it comes to your, your the plan and the purpose God has for your life, I think a lot of times people do not understand the value of their place within that house. And I think part of it has to do with what we were discussing, you know, uh, before this episode about how so much emphasis is always placed on the five-fold ministry and people often miss out on seeing the dynamics of how important every person is to what happens in the church. Well, if you, th- this is from observation, but it's also from my own life. A, a pastor, you should be submitted to a pastor and they're the ones that come into agreement with your departure. Mm-hmm. I agree. Matter of fact, everybody that has ever left the church, I knew it before they did. I, and now that could have been bad or or good. Yeah. Either way, but I knew it. Well, if the pastor is in that position, then I've got to let that pastor dictate to me, help me, confirm it in me, that that's where I need to go. That I I'm released. I'm prayed out, blessed out. Yeah. Um, example, I was at Riverside, and my pastor was Ron Halverson. Good man, really good man. And he came to me, and he because I had had an opportunity to come to Visalia, because I got asked to come to Visalia. So what did I do? I didn't move. I went to him, and I said, hmm. This has been offered to me, 
and you know what that ministry is, and so it's been offered to me. What do you think? This is exactly what Ron said to me. He said, Daryl, I think that this is God opening a door for you, and you need to go. He said, you know, because we were in a denomination, and he said, you'll never go anywhere in this denomination. You need to go. This is God opening the door for you. Well, I was given a witness about what was stirring in my heart and an open invitation before I ever came here. So when I came here, even though I was young and novice, immature, I knew that I belonged here. Amen. And so the thing of it is, is that I know the difference between pursuing my own dreams and pursuing the heart of God. Because if God does not promote me, I don't want anything to do with it. If yeah. God doesn't open a door for me, I don't want that door. Yeah. I'm not going to go kick doors open in order to have a ministry. I remember one time, uh, you know, when we changed in ministry, uh, somebody said to me, you know, why don't you make a promo tape and, you know, you send out letters to all of these people that you know and all that kind of stuff. And I remember what Kenneth Copeland said. Uh, I said so I said the same thing. I am not going to ask for a meeting. Yeah. I'm not going to ask for a, a, pray, play, a place to preach. I'm mm. not going to do that. God knows me. Yeah. And God knows that he is the one that opens the door that I follow through. Mm. So I'm willing to do anything, man. And the, the whole idea is, is that while you're in a church, you're submitted to a pastor that actually knows something by the Spirit of God because of the position mm -hmm. that he's in to know what God is going to do with you. But if you don't submit to that, you're going to shoot yourself in the foot. Yeah. And then you'll come, you'll either be one of the people on the outside of the church, disgruntled by the church, mm -hmm. are mad at pastors, mad because people don't accept you, or, or you will walk away from God. It happens too, too often. And I think what people don't realize is that God's sending you to a place where when you connect, there's someone there that he's making accountable to answer for your life. Yeah, he is. You know, to answer for their part in your life. To, because as a pastor, you're a voice. You're a voice for God into people's lives. And the voices in your life affect the choices in your life. And it's so important that you don't just give your ear just to anybody. And I think that when it comes to like major decisions, I know for myself, our pastor is Dr. Jerry Seville. And when I make major decisions, you know, those are times when when I'll 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 approach him and say, Hey, this is this is what's in front of me. And I ask him, What do you say? Because I know if there's anybody on planet Earth that's anointed to hear from the Lord with me and for me, it's my pastor. And I don't want to make a move uh, where, where I'm stepping out, you know, on my own without having that covering. Like you said, you already had a witness inside of you, and God brought that same witness to your pastor. And I think that sometimes, well, I'll say this, not sometimes, I'd say more, more times than not, you have a lot of people to where, man, because this is such a huge subject, you know, your exit is just as important as your entrance. Sure. And what I have found is that when people can be a part of a church, especially a part of a church for years and just disappear. I mean, I've had people that have been with me for 13 plus years and 
I've married, buried, and been there for everything good and bad that's happened in their life. And you as a pastor, you understand this. And them just disappear. No, no word, no, no anything. And, and what I've learned is that usually when people exit a church like that or with a letter, yeah. Let me let me help you out. Pastors do not like your letters. <laughs> I don't know pastors that like letters too much. They'd rather have a conversation with you before you've made a decision on what you're going to do. Because this is the thing is that if someone's already made a decision, then why are they, why talk to you? You know, I think it's important for us to, the Bible says there's wisdom in the counsel of many, but this is where I was going with this, was that, you know, most people that will leave a church without any contact, especially with their pastor, is because they know the decision that they're making is wrong already. Sure. And what, how, does a person, how does a person avoid that, and how does a person correct that? Well, I mean, uh, Psalm 66, verse 12 says mm -hmm. that you, you and I, all of us, we have a designated wealthy place. Yes, amen. Okay. How are you going to know where that is if you keep flying around trying to redig? Yeah. Trying to replant. Have you noticed that potted plants only grow so big because they're stifled because of the container mm, come on. that 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 plant is planted in? And if you keep carrying that plant with you, that's your life. Mm -hmm. your, your growth is going to be stunted. Now, now think about this. In the, in the love chapter, 1 Corinthians 13, it mm -hmm. says something that's really interesting. In the midst of all of this about love, it says, when I was a child, I thought like a child. Mm, come on. So what do you, what do you, what do, how do children act? If you're not playing my way, I don't want to play with you. You know, that's mine. That's yeah. mine. That's mine. That's mine. Mm -hmm. But it says eventually that when you get into the love walk, you put away childish behaviors. That's right. And then Ephesians 4 says that you are raised up so that you're not tossed around by all different thoughts and denominational bents and church influences. Because I'm not kidding you. Um, you just set out to help people, but that doesn't mean that people want your help or if they're trying to build something, they will want your help, but they're really just using you. Yeah, they want everything but you. Yeah, they, yeah, that's true. I've, I've had people, you know, it's interesting because, you know, through the years I've had people that have come through and, you know, and uh, a lot of people that have their, quote, their own ministry. And I always find it interesting because the first thing they want to do is they want to do something together with you. But what they want is they want to use your people. Sure. They want to use your building or your equipment. Right. Uh, they they want and your e money. Your money. <laughs> and but they don't want you. Sure. They want everything but you. And what I've learned is that those people, a lot of times, that if you don't watch what's going on, um, basically it's like what you said. They're just trying to use what you have. They don't care nothing about the ministry. They care about themselves. And um, they'll have a hundred meetings with your people, without you knowing about it, you know, to do a one-hour event that they're hosting. And during that time, they'll pull the hearts of people away from you to where we started changing things to where I have a liaison to where and I let folks know if they're going to do something. I, we have ministries that are out, aside from the local church, which 
there's nothing wrong with that when things are in order and you know under a right covering and a right attitude. And but it's amazing how the moment people find out we have a we have protocol, I let them know how many meetings they'll have with those people, and I let them know that they'll never do a meeting without my representative there. I said the first time will be the last time. I'll never do nothing with you. It's amazing how those people that felt so compelled to be a part of the church now feel compelled to leave. But, you know, in, in connecting with the church, what I've found also is that, and we talked about this uh, just a moment ago, about how it should never be beneath us to serve. We are services always as under the Lord. And a lot of times with uh, when I've had people come in, they'd even have more ministry experience than me per se, more years, you know. Um, there's times where, you know, the Bible says you know people that labor among you. And some folks you'll know by the Spirit the moment you meet them. There's just, it's like you've known each other forever and God will kind of update you together. You know, but I've had people to where I'll give them something that I know that hey, anybody else might think it's, 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 it's beneath them. Like I'll, I'll usually have them, I want to see how they greet and how they, you know, how they greet people. And what I'll do is I'll ask the people that greet how that person is and what's coming out their mouth. And it's amazing, you know, what's revealed in those things because you have people that are seeking opportunity, you know, to do things for God, and then you have opportunists that are seeking opportunity for themselves. Sure. But I think it's important and vital for folks to understand how God needs more than the fivefold. We have a few minutes left in this program. I'd love for you to share some of what you were, uh, what we were discussing earlier, Doc, about how important every person is, how, how church can't just survive, survive off the fivefold. It takes everybody finding their place in the body to make that body healthy. Well, when, okay. 1 Corinthians 12 and 14. Mm -hmm. So these are the gifts, giftings. Uh, those are two great chapters that try to help us to understand the giftings. Yes. Here's the thing. It's talking about the body, and it says that, that no one is supposed to say, any part of the body, no one is supposed to say that they don't need the other part of the body. Come on. No one is supposed to say that I'm the only part of the body that's important. No one is supposed to think that because the body has to work together, together in love. Come on. Now, the problem is, is that we get inspired, and so we begin to think we exalt our gift. Mm. And as a consequence, we kind of look down to the ones that the Bible says this, that the the less comely, comely gifts... Mm -hmm. But he says that those are more important than the big gifts. Mm -hmm. Why? Because God is the one that sets this up. Yes. And, and the thing of it is, in order to do what God has called us to do, it takes everybody. So do you want the, the church to operate more in the gifts of the Spirit? Well, be mature. Right. Stick. Don't fly and float. Stick long enough so that people that know you will fall in love with you and fall in love with your gifting, and then that gift will be manifest. That gift will be used by God. Listen, you don't want to be one of those people that God says, I never said that. It's dangerous. Because the thing of it is, is that you can hook people by words. And believe me when I tell you this, there's a lot of people that use spiritual manipulation and man, I hate that stuff. I do too. I really do because it it takes the young and the innocent and it twists them out potentially. Yeah. 
And I, I really dislike that very much. Well, God says, what, there's six things he hates, seven are an abomination. And he talks about, you know, people that lie and sow discord. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and a lot of times people think discord, they think arguing. No, sometimes it's, man, when you sever somebody from where they belong. And uh, I think it's just so vital for us as believers to understand that, man, if we're going to see the plan of God come to pass, there's no Lone Rangers in the army of God. You know, we're all called to do things together, you know, and every one of us, the Bible says, every one of us are a part of the body and every part supplies what's needed by the whole. And God designed us this way. And what's awesome is that, you know what, we all get to share in the same equal rewards. That's why it's so important, amen, that you be connected with the house of worship, that local church that God's connected to you. There's a, there's a church that's perfect for you and your family. And, and if you'll just drop your roots in that place, you're gonna see God cause you and your gift to bloom, amen? And his purpose is gonna be fulfilled, amen, as you help build the vision of that house. Amen. Amen, God bless you. Thank you for being here with me and Dr. Rogers today. We so blessed that you're, you've been with us and I pray to see you again on another episode of Kingdom Concepts.